Welcome to Your Work, Your Way. This is the podcast where you learn to get in touch with your inner CEO with soul. Learn to take charge of your career. Learn to show up with confidence in a way that is aligned with who you really are. I'm your host, Lisa Filia, Masters in Psychology, Certified Life Coach, Expert Career Confidence Coach, and Founder of Believe C. Let's dive in. Today, we are going to get tactical. Because we need strategy, we need tactics, we need to be able to have specific actions that we can take. We can't just look at the mind and we can't just look at intuition. And I was reflecting on a consult that I did today where I was working with a leader and talking with her about some of what was showing up in terms of leadership presence and and what she wanted next for her career. And what I realized was the value of the strategy piece, which I offer my clients, but I haven't been talking about on the podcast. So I want to make sure to put this out there on the podcast, one, to help anyone listening to have strategy that they can use, uh, tactics that they can apply. And then two, to let you all know that coaching with me is not just about the mind or the soul or intuition or the ego or confidence, though all of those are a piece of it and the energy that you bring is the most crucial component of your success. Once you have that, Then we get into fine-tuning the strategy. And sometimes we do this by working on them hand-in-hand because sometimes the strategy helps create a sense of safety for your ego, which allows you to move forward. So today, we're getting into the tactics, and specifically, I want to talk about the RACI model. I do not love how the name sounds, but it's an acronym, and that's what the acronym is R-A-C-I. I did not create this, but I have used it extensively in my own work when I was in the corporate world at a leadership consulting company. And in fact, I was one of the key leaders in initiating the RACI approach and coming up with some of the materials for how to use this and change the culture within that internal team in that organization. So I'm a strong believer in it. And for those of you who aren't familiar with what it is, RACI is a way for us to get clear on our roles. And the reason this matters is a lot of times conflict in teams can be avoided by us knowing what our part is separate from somebody else's. Because what happens when we don't have role clarity is, is we are confused. And when we are confused, we can all respond in very different ways. Some of us in confusion will try to hold on to everything. So we'll take ownership and responsibility for everything and we'll overdo it really. And we'll maybe step on other people's toes a bit as we do that. Other people in confusion will kind of do the opposite. They'll retract, they'll retreat away. They'll kind of look the other way, avoid it, procrastinate, not do it uh, and leave, leave a gap. And so both of those can be not very helpful. (laughs) And the solution is to help get on confused or said in a more proactive way, get clear 
aka clarity, and your role. So wherever you are in an organization, I'm going to phrase this episode and, and frame it from a leadership perspective. So assuming you're in a leadership role, but even if you're not, I invite you to try out this racy role clarity model because what it'll do is it'll help you understand maybe where you've been getting blocked a little bit and also help you to do what we call lead up. So if you're not in the leadership position or maybe you are in a leadership position, but it's that first line level of leadership, not higher up in the organization, one of your responsibilities and roles is to lead up and leading up means influencing and guiding those above you on the organizational hierarchy. And so if that's where you're at, the RACI model can be a great way for you to understand your own role, understand their roles, and also to lead a new initiative in your team, in your department, in your company towards creating a sense of role clarity. This can really help you and those on your team to work through projects and figure out who does what and when they do what. So that is what today's episode's about. And even if you're an entrepreneur, this will help you when it comes to either hiring people or even when you think about it with your own clients. I mean, a lot of the people that I coach are coaches. And in those cases, this role clarity model will help you get clearer on your role separate from the role of your clients. So all around this framework can really, really help. It's not one, again, I didn't come up with it, but I have implemented it to great effect and it's it's really made a difference. So that's where we're going today. Before I do that though, I am very pleased to share a work win. I have worked with this client for less than a month now And we've been focusing a lot on confidence because she's wanting to show up more powerfully and move ahead in her role. She's a leader now, but she wants a higher title, higher uh, salary, and higher level of influence. And so we've been focusing on this idea of tapping into her own power, her own courageous, self-confident self. And what we did is we actually named that aspect of who she is. We call it her tiger. And she came up with that. I didn't name it. It really organically came up in our coaching together. It was this this tiger side of her that she's been quelling, that she's been holding back because she's been afraid to share it. And so I've been helping pull her into her own truth, her own tiger. And so she shared with me in our session, the beginning of the session, She goes, hey, I just want you to know I've been applying what we worked on. I've been thinking about that tiger and I had a meeting come up last week and I really thought about what we said and I really got into that energy of my tiger and I showed up big and bold on that call for that meeting. I was throwing it out. I was sharing. I was giving my opinion. I wasn't holding back. I was letting it out. And after the call, my boss even gave me feedback, great feedback, sharing um, how great the presentation had been and how I had done in that meeting. So that is a work win that I wanted to share with you all 
want to celebrate this client. I mean, we've only been working together for a matter of weeks and she's already seen results, not just in how she feels, but in what she does and not just in what she does, but in how she's been received. Her boss noticed and reached out and she also let me know her boss isn't one to easily volunteer compliments. So it really was a big deal uh, for her boss to be providing her uh, such positive uh, words and a, a great response to her in that meeting. So congratulations to this client. And for those of you, the, the other reason I wanted to share this win was for those of you who aren't feeling confident, you have a tiger in you too. And maybe tiger doesn't resonate with you. Think about what does though. Who is that side of you? And it's not like it's just a side of you. It actually is you underneath all of the limits we put upon ourselves. We are confident beneath it all. And so we just need to help ourselves tap into that. But I invite you to allow yourself to do that to allow yourself to pull it out of yourself. And if you want help with this, join me. I have a few spots remaining in my one-on-one coaching. You can go to believeseed.com slash schedule to schedule a free consult with me. And you can tap into your own inner tiger, whatever that might be for you. Uh, our consult together will be that opportunity to talk through what's showing up for you, to game plan what coaching together would be like, and then to talk through our next steps to work together in a coaching capacity. So go to beliefc.com slash schedule to get that scheduled. Okay, now let's talk the racy model. And again, this is a model for role clarity, and it's really designed to help you get clear on roles in your team and with your projects. It's a great technique to improve communication as well. So when there are some setbacks to see, okay, well, where, where did that happen? What point in the process did that happen? I'm going to start by sharing what RACI stands for and what each of those roles are, and then how this can work for you as a leader to use it and apply it to your team and to your company. And again, if you're not a leader, this episode will still help because you'll be able to see ways you can apply it to your own setting uh, as well. So RACI, R stands for responsible, A for accountable, C for consultant or consulted, and I for informed. These are the four overarching roles that we tend to have on a team. And when we know which of these roles we are, and, and sometimes we're more than one, We can use that to help guide us in communicating on projects, deciding next steps, and knowing how to map out key transition points when you're moving from one person's responsibility to another. And so that's why RACI is so brilliant. So the R is responsible. And this person, this person who's the R, the responsible one, they're the ones who are the doers, the implementers, their boots on the ground. They're actually taking the steps, actually taking action, actually making things happen. So this would be the person actually, if you're doing software engineering, actually working on the code, doing the code itself. Or this is the person actually making the calls to the clients for potential upcoming sales. If you're on on the sales team, this is the person who does the steps, does the thing, who takes the action. So it's very important 
role. It's necessary. It's the doer. So that's what the R is, the responsible. But then you also have the A. What is the A? Well, that's accountable. So the person who's accountable or who has the A is the one who has the decision-making power. They're the, the buck stops here type of mentality, meaning they're accountable for what happens. They're accountable for the results, even if they're not the one taking action. Because the the one who's accountable, the A, isn't isn't doing the thing, but they're making the call. So if you think about that, like my software engineer example, the responsible person is is doing the code, but the accountable person is the one who made the decision for that code to be created and who made who who's the one who decides any upcoming larger decisions that need to be made and also if it falls through the one who's really in charge of figuring out what to do about it. Now you might be, bring your your Rs in on that, your responsibles in on that and get their guidance. So that's what the A is. This now makes me think about the C, the consulted or consultant. The consultant role is not the one doing the task and not the one making the decision, but the one who has expertise. So think about this like your subject matter expert. This is the the one on the team. If we use our software engineer example again, you have the the R is the one coding the actual thing to be to be created. The A is the one who's made the decision about it. And then the C, the consultant, they're the one advising. They offer perspective. They offer insight. So they might be in on the meeting to advise the A, the accountable, on steps forward to help them choose what options best. And they might advise the one responsible for ways in which to code. They might give them feedback. So often in, in software engineer, which which my husband does, he'll write the code, the R, and then he'll send out a request for review and others on his team will give him feedback. And so they're being the role of the C, the consultant. They're being consulted for their perspective. They're not the ones redoing the code. That would be my husband still, but they are consulted in terms of giving feedback and advice so that my husband can do his role. The last letter on RACI is the I, and that's informed. These are the people who are like the stakeholders. They might not really have an expertise, but they need to know what's going on because it impacts them. So again, I'm just going to keep with the software engineer example here. If you are leading the software engineer team, you have your R's doing the task, you have your, you're, you're the A, and then you have the, the C's you're consulting or who are consulting the R's. Now you have the I, the informed. Who is going to be impacted by the changes you're making? If you're in software engineer, maybe it's going to be large changes to your, your website or your systems. And if that's the case, who needs to know about this? Maybe the customer service team needs to know because they need to be informed so that that when customers are trying to figure out how to use a part of their website, the customer service team understands what's changed about it based on what the software engineer changed based on what you as the leader decided was needed. So 
That's an example of how racy comes together. The R being responsible, the A being accountable, the C being the consultant, the I being the informed. When we can use this in our team, it helps us to understand who does what. And when I was doing this in the leadership development consulting company that I worked for, we had some phrases we would say. We'd say, well, who has the A here? Meaning, who gets to decide this? Or, well, who's the R? As in, who's going to be the one to do it? And do they have capacity for it? And these types of questions helped us to understand how to move a project forward more efficiently. And it also helps you to see where you have duplicated processes. Because sometimes you have five people who seem to be claiming the role of the A, the accountable one. And do you really want five people to need to agree upon a decision? Well, that's a lot. That's a lot of people to get on board to make the decision. Or is it really that one person gets to make the call and be the A? And that's really traditionally how race is used is you have one person in the role of the A, the accountable one, because you want one person to make the call and the others who have expertise, other leaders probably and, and higher ups or subject matter experts would be the consulted, but you as the A make the call. If you have five A's, you're going to spend a lot of time spinning around and around and around in order to come to agreement on a decision. Now, I get that there's going to be some decisions that have large impact. And so maybe in those cases, it makes sense to have five people as the A's coming together to make a decision. But the truth is, What organizations and teams often have is cases in which every single thing seems to have five A's, (laughs) where every single person seems to think that they are the one deciding and that everyone needs to come to an agreement before moving forward. And so I'd invite for you as the leader to look at the decisions on your team and to look and see Do we really need that many people in the decider role? Do they all need to be there? Or can we move some of them to this idea of being consulted, knowing that one of us is going to be the one to make the ultimate decision? And this also is where we then want to think about things like delegation, which leaders sometimes can struggle with because they don't know how to set their teams up for success. And what can happen is leaders will hold on to responsibilities, R's, that they don't need to do because they're confusing the A and the R. They're thinking being accountable means being responsible, meaning that they should just be doing the tasks themselves as opposed to handing them off because they don't want to hand off their power because they trust in their own ability to decide more than their team members. And it might truly be that your team members aren't set up to the point where they can make that call on the final decision. But that doesn't mean that you have to hold on to the whole task. So find out ways, and this is specific to if you're wanting to delegate more, find out ways to pull apart the accountable components, what decisions need to be made versus the responsible components, which is what needs to be done, the actions to be taken. And we can get really clear on this and we can actually outline the processes in our teams in this way to help us understand what makes sense for us to do and what makes sense for them to do. 
And this can also make it easier to let go of of responsibilities as a leader because you'll know that it's not that you're letting go of the whole shebang. You're just letting go of the action part. And this is kind of that first step to delegation. And this is especially true when it's a task or in a skill set that maybe your team is fairly equipped at, but they don't have the strategic mindset yet. And you have that piece. So this is a way for you to help them build in their own sense of strategy by helping them take action on things you maybe didn't have them do before. And you then still making the decision and have them be the I also, the informed. Be informing them on why you've made the decision that you've made. That helps train them as well. And so you might have multiple hats. You might be the accountable and the informant, letting the rest of the team know why you suggested it be done in a certain way. It also is an opportunity for you to share with your team what you want to be informed upon as well. So if you as a leader are working on delegating and you want to delegate out tasks to those uh, that are on your team, As a part of that delegation, make it clear you're not just delegating the role here. You're not just, or you're not just delegating the responsibility, the actions to be taken here. You're also delegating the idea of informing. And you're saying that you, as the leader, are accountable, yes, but you're also to be informed. And so, the role of your team is not just to do the task. It's also to inform you as the leader of where things are at. So let them take on the role of informing you. So you're the informed and they're informing you. This dynamic, when you use RACI, it allows you to evolve easily as your team grows and as your team members become more skilled. There's this idea out there that you don't you don't just want to give everything to a team member. That doesn't set them up for success necessarily, but you also don't want to keep holding on to everything either. You need a handoff system and this process can feel kind of painful for leaders when they don't have a clear process or model to guide them through it. And that's what Racy does. It helps you to guide yourself through it. And so over time, you might get to the place where you are delegating your decisions, meaning you are giving the A, the accountable, the decision seat to your team members. So they maybe start as the ones being informed and then they become the ones doing the task. So they went from I to R and now you're actually going to the point where you're giving them the A. It, it tends to be that first they're, first they're to be informed, then they are responsible in taking the actions, and then they're consulted, you, you consult them on the decision, and then they get the ultimate A, uh, so they, they progress. So it, it doesn't just tell you real clarity in the moment for you to use project by project. It also helps you to see the trajectory of your teammates and where they're at and your team members that are your reports as well to see, okay, this is where they're at. Do I, do I see that they're ready uh, to go from I to R, to be, go from being informed to being the one who, who does the task? And then once they're the ones doing the task, okay, are they now 
skilled enough that they can be consulting others, that they could even maybe be consulting me on upcoming decisions because of the unique skill set that they bring. And let yourself see and use it as a process to guide yourself forward. So that is some ways that Racy can help. The, the letters uh, are there not to be strict roles. It's not like you on your team, you as the leader, say this person's the R and this person's the C for everything. No, this is a project by project thing where you literally say, okay, here's who's doing what task. Who has the R for each of these? Who do we want to consult for each of these? Who do we want to inform for each of these? And you use this process to outline roles for each project and it makes it so much easier. It it requires more upfront focus. Yes, because you're asking all these questions in the beginning and it can feel a little overly detailed, but honestly, doing it will save you time because when you do this, you get clear on who's doing what and who's being informed of what and who we're going to for advice on what and who's deciding what. Everyone knows up front. And yeah, there might be some things that come up that are new decisions that you didn't anticipate before, but you're going to have your overarching A person to go to for those. So it helps set you up for success. I do want to share a pitfall that I find happens. Teams get very excited about using RACI because they they see its potential to really help them with their projects and manage their teams and understand their roles. So they get all excited and they go to implement it and they they clarify all the roles and they they figure all that out. And then it doesn't feel like it works. It doesn't feel like it's working. The the projects are getting bottlenecked. The the project quality maybe is is lower. The deadlines aren't being met, whatever it might be. And then they say, well, racy doesn't work. It sounds good in theory, but it's impossible to implement. But I actually would invite you to push back on that and say, okay, racy is a framework, a tool that you get to use to help yourself understand and your team understand who's doing what and who needs to know what and who knows what. So it's not that racy doesn't work. Really, when when your mind's wanting to blame racy, it's actually a sign that from a team dynamic standpoint, something's going on. You have too many A's, too many chefs in the kitchen. You have too many R's. You don't have enough R's. You have no C's. You aren't informing people who need to be informed. So what what actually has happened is people have what they think the racy is. Like they think that so-and-so is the one that's accountable. And they think that so-and-so is the one responsible. But then what ends up happening in real life is there's actually five other people who also think they're accountable and push back on decisions that are made. And then you have three other people maybe that decide they're going to get in on the actions and try to take over or volunteer themselves to be consultants, even though they weren't initially set to be consultants. This is where you end up like the, the meeting culture that can happen in companies where all of a sudden it seems like anyone who's everyone or everyone's invited to a meeting and you don't even know why you're there. Well, it's because nobody nobody's clear on anybody's role. 
it's not that racy doesn't work. It's that people aren't honoring the roles. There's some cultural thing happening in that company or in that team that's making it to where what we say the roles are, aren't what the actual roles are. And so this is also where coaching really helps. And I I do coach leaders in helping them in individuals on teams and helping them to see, well, what's really going on here? And I approach it from that perspective to help my clients see it's not necessarily that the roles aren't clear. Like that's the first step. First, clarify the roles. Then see where things are falling flat. See where it doesn't seem to be working and let's dig into why. There's often limiting stories or values that people have. Like they don't think they should delegate to others. They don't feel right about cutting someone out of the conversation. So that's why they're making everyone consultants, even though that's not efficient. So there's people not wanting to step on other people's toes. And so as a means to do that, they bring everyone in, even though that wasn't what was agreed upon. So there's some cultural dynamics that can happen and then individual limits that can happen as well. And culture in an organization, an organization is a is the uh, an energetic manifestation of the energy of, of those there and really uh, most prominently the leaders. So if you as a leader are noticing, even with the roles clarified, things are falling flat or aren't going the way you want, it's a sign of a deeper cultural thing happening. And so um, that takes deeper coaching than we'll be able to cover in the sake of one podcast episode. But I wanted to share that with you because what what happens, sometimes people just say, racy doesn't work. I'm going to drop it. And really it's, racy's working. It's just, there's other there's other things happening that are preventing you and your team from fully honoring the, the framework. So that's what I have for you today. Remember, RACI stands for Responsible, Accountable, Consultant, Informed. RACI is something you can implement now. Remember, role clarity helps create efficiency. And even though it can seem like a lot of work to do this up front, and if honestly, if that's the case, if it's like, we don't have time for this, That's another symptom of a cultural thing. If you feel like you have to move so fast and put out so many fires that you don't have time to stop and say, who's doing what for this project? That's a sign that something else is not working. That's a sign in terms of a a scarcity mentality in the company that you have to go, 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 prove yourself, prove yourself, prove, move fast, move fast, move fast, put out fires. You're going to burn yourself out. You're going to burn your team out. You need to create space for racy to exist. And whether you use racy or something else, just to look at roles, who's doing what. And after projects to assess, did it work? What did, what didn't, what do we want to learn from it? These things can feel unnecessary because you're getting things done. And that's true. You, you might be getting things done. You might be being effective. I'm trying to think of it's it's like you can mow the lawn with a manual mower and it's it's effective. The lawn gets cut. You build your muscles. 
but if you spend so much time, so much of your focus being like, I don't have time to go out and, and figure out which, what is the opposite? What, which automatic lawnmower or riding lawnmower I want. I don't have time for that. We just need to go, go, go. I'm just going to keep using this manual mower. Yeah. You'll get things done, but think about the opportunity cost. Think about how many more lawns you could mow in the same amount of time if you weren't exhausting your body with the manual mower. Think about how much quicker and more efficient that could be. Think about how it could help you scale as a company. It's not just about putting out fires. It's about strategically scaling in a way that's helpful for you. And so as a leader to help your team do that, and scaling also includes lowering turnover or keeping people on your team. And the way to do that is for them to know why they're there. As adults are, well, as humans really, but one of our leading biological drives is to be safe and safety can come from certainty. And it's not like we can be in, be certain all the time of what's going to happen, but creating role clarity creates a sense of understanding of saying, okay, here's what I'm here to do. It doesn't mean that you have to know every single thing that's going to happen, but it gives you a sense of, of structure to help you forward. And so that's why racy can be so helpful. That's why role clarity is so helpful. And it's really the riding mower. When you have that meeting with your team to clarify roles and to help people understand it, you're taking the time to to find the, the riding mower and to train your team in using the riding mower versus everyone just being doing the manual lawn mower over and over again. So thank you for listening. Now, for those of you who are coaches who are wanting to become a coach, you may have already heard my soul activation coach certification is officially open for enrollment. There have been four spots taken as part of uh, based on where I'm at right now as I record this. I do want to keep this to be relatively small in size. So if you are wanting in, if you are a coach or wanting to become a coach and you're wanting to know how to coach beyond the mind, to get to that intuitive side, that soul side, but not to just talk about the soul, to bring it together so that you can help your clients find the inner alignment. We need the mind and we need intuition together to guide us so that we're taking action from a place that's aligned with who we really are. My soul activation framework will show you how to do this. We'll take you through a plug and play framework that you can use in your sessions. It'll help ground your own ego so that you're not uh, in your own head so much in your session, but can really tap into your own intuition as well and coach from that soul-led place yourself, as well as helping your clients get into their own inner desires, inner wants, and inner wisdom too. So join me if you enroll by March 18th. I have an incredible bonus for you. The early bird bonus is an Enneagram workshop. I don't want to go into too much detail here on what the Enneagram is because that could be a podcast episode in itself. Uh, But to To really boil it down, the Enneagram is a personality system that helps you understand your core tendencies. And for coaches, this is so helpful because sometimes what we think of as a bad thing or something we have to silence is actually one of our greatest strengths. And I mean, my work win that I shared earlier about this 
client that I'm working with and her tiger inside. This fits with her Enneagram type. She's an eight. And the eights are the challenger. They're very assertive. They can be the catalyst for change in a lot of ways. But sometimes we're socialized, and especially women, are socialized out of letting themselves embrace that side of themselves. And so through our coaching, we, we began with an Enneagram readout, which helped her to see her strengths, helped her to embrace them and not make them wrong or bad or alienate them, but to use it for her, her tendencies. And what that did was it allowed her to give herself permission to access her tiger. And so for you coaches out there, whether you are Enneagram type eight or not, isn't the point. The point is every Enneagram type has its own strengths, has its own unique edge that can help you to really excel in your coaching. And you can also see maybe some of the pitfalls, some of the fears that you've been having that have been holding you back. And so the bonus for those who sign up for the Soul Activation Coach Certification by March 18th is you will get the Enneagram Workshop, which is going to be a 90-minute workshop where you will know what your Enneagram type is and then know how to apply it to yourself and your coaching. And it's going to help you coach from a place that feels so good, so aligned, and so powerful. So that is the incredible early bird bonus. I'm really excited for it. So make sure to sign up by March 18th so you can get in on that bonus as well. I appreciate you all. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and we will talk again soon. Remember, clarifying roles creates efficiency in your teams. Think about it from not just the short-term project by project, but from the long-term, helping your team understand what they're doing, using it to guide your process of growth as your team members Uh, gain new skills and go from being informed to being responsible, to being consultant, to being accountable and using it to guide your practices in that way as well. Thanks for listening to today's episode. And if you loved what you heard, make sure to subscribe, rate, and leave a review. I help my clients to show up and do their work their way with soul. Whether it's so you can excel in your current role or so you can figure out what you want for your next role and get that role, coaching can help you get there. It begins with a consult. Sign up for yours by going to believeseed.com slash schedule. This is your free call and it is that first step towards that new life, that transformation into you doing your work in your way with soul.